like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Got a great treat today for you for Song of the Soul. Her name is Jean Rowe, and she's going to lead us on a merry intercontinental jaunt to find and experience her songs of the soul. Eleven-plus years ago, this is how many of my guests shared their stories. So though it's a bit of a departure from our current practice, it's well-rooted with us as well. So today we will have only one original song by Jean, though it's a real winner, and we'll have her back to share an all Jean Row all the time version in just a few months. Get ready for an international potpourri of music as Jean Row joins us by phone from Brooklyn, New York. Jean, I'm really excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Great to be here. I've had a little bit of juggling to arrange this. You've got a lot going on in your life. What are the big things these days? Oh, wow. I've been doing a fair bit of touring this year, traveling to play music in the Northeast and Midwest of the United States and working on a new record with my band, a new record with my duo that's coming out in August. So lots of little things to take care of and all along doing some songwriting workshop teaching here in New York with young folks and, you know, all the things that come together to make a life as a working musician. (laughs) So when you say, Jean, you're doing this with young folks, what does that mean relative to your age? Oh, I'm not all that young anymore. These are teenagers, high school students. I do some work with the Carnegie Hall Musical Connections program, which has a variety of programs in different settings. One of them that I work in is uh, some after-school songwriting programs and sort of free-for-all drop-in sessions for free for New York City youth. Super fun. They are energetic and imaginative and so wacky in that way that teenagers are. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to figure out what music you grew up with. I think you grew up in New York City area. So you've grown up with influences there, which are quite a bit different than what I have over in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. What was yours? Well, I grew up in New Jersey, actually, across the river, not very far from New York City at all. My parents both loved to play and sing music around the house. Like my very earliest music experiences were singing with my family and having my parents sing and play music with me. They belong to a community of loosely defined folk music folk, which basically for them meant just music that people make together for fun. 
didn't have to be like traditional music necessarily, but just, you know, the act of getting together and playing songs and the organization ran concert series and festivals. So I grew up around a lot of people who were professional and non-professional musicians and songwriters. And that's a pretty cool way to experience music as a young person, not as something that like special people get to do on TV wearing crazy costumes and singing the microphones, but that anybody could do it. And it's that singing is the kind of thing that could happen while you're in the car driving someplace or washing dishes after dinner. So that was a very special way to grow up. I mean, in addition to that, my dad is a big jazz fan and loved to just put on some good old records and hang out. My mom was really into a lot of the, like, great sort of brill-building songwriters from the 70s era. So, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And then also this had really broad tastes for whatever kind of, like, wacky music came across. I remember when we got a CD player when I was a kid. The first CDs we had were the Bulgarian Women's Choir and Handel's Messiah and I think... Somebody turned up a reissue of Miles Davis' record, like maybe it was kind of blue or something. So that's the first stuff on CD that you're hearing. So this may be the 80s, 90s? Yeah, in the 90s. Well, so you're growing up somewhere in New Jersey, maybe outside of Hoboken, maybe further west than that. And you got into music, and I saw somewhere a comment that your first recordings were on a cassette player that you got. <laughs> you got to make your first recordings, right? Oh, the first recordings I made of myself? Yeah, sure. With just you and your three-year-old brother? Oh, yeah. Gosh, that's so funny. I wonder where you found that. <laughs> Yeah, I got a I got a tape recorder for my sixth birthday, I think it was. I loved that thing. We have some really cool tapes. My family wasn't like my mom took pictures of us when we were kids, but we we weren't one of those families that like got on the huge VHS recorder train. There aren't a lot of videos of us. But I did a fair bit of documenting us singing and talking on my tape recorder when I was a kid. Oh, there's some gems in there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you've re-released? <laughs> <laughs> no, not exactly. Gosh, at some point I, I dug up some of that stuff and digitized it to share with some people. But no, no, I mean, <laughs> I think we're singing like the greatest hits of the kindergarten class. Cool. You probably had some good songs going on back then, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so just so folks realize what's happening today, while speaking with Jean Rowe today, we're going to share just one of her songs as part of today's Song of the Soul. But in a few months, we're going to have her back. She's going to be preparing for a tour, and she's getting out another recording. She's got one recording out so far, and there's two more that are going to happen over the next year. So we're going to include just one of her songs, but we're going to include a lot of influences of Jean Rowe. Rowe, by the way, is spelled R-O-H-E. Her website is Jean, J-E-A-N, Rowe, R-O-H-E, Dot com And you can find that directly from the NordenSpiritRadio.org website as well. Anyway, the point being that today you're going to hear a little bit of her wonderful, wonderful music. There's a lot out there already, but there's going to be much more within a few months. So we're going to have some gems to share in just a few months. But why don't you get us started with your Song of the Soul? How did you approach this, Jean? In preparing for the Song of the Soul, I, I wasn't really sure what to include. It kind of made me, it's a big task, you know? This is like not an easy mission to fulfill, especially since I feel like kind of embarrassed about this sometimes, but I'm not like a great, like thirsty listener of recordings, I guess. 
definitely there are records that I like, and I definitely listen to recorded music. But in terms of the songs of my soul, my mind goes more to the context in which music has been important to me. And so I tried to sample songs that showed some aspect of the contextual value that music has had in my life, if that makes sense. Maybe it'll make more sense when we start to talk about the songs that I picked. So we'll start with this song by Ani DeFranco called Your Next Bold Move. And why did you happen to pick out this particular one of Ani's songs? Is there something about this because you're a bold mover? (laughs) I mean, Ani DeFranco is probably the songwriter that I admire most or the, the person whose work has had the greatest effect on me as a human being and also as a songwriter. Not necessarily that my music sounds like hers, but I fell in love with her music as a teenager and I still love what she's making today. She's a beautiful poet, a really skilled wordsmith, and a real heartful person. She brings such an electric spirit to the stage when she performs. And I've just appreciated her devotion throughout her career as a writer to speaking to political topics in a way that is elegant and just lets us see beyond the rhetoric, I guess, of politics. And gets us more to a place of beauty. And I picked this song, Next Bold Move. It came out on a record, double record, called Reveling Reckoning during the Bush administration. I think just in this current political climate, some of the music, this song in particular, speak to some of that sense of despair and confusion. And I think it's really important to allow ourselves to sit in that space a little bit, not knowing what to do next. Just understanding that that's part of the process that we go through as we try to figure out what our next bold move might be in creating positive change. Let's get with the program here. It's a song by Ani DeFranco. It's for Jean Rose, Song of the Soul. It is Your Next Bold Move. Capitalism gone down Democracy It had this funny Effect on me I guess I am cancer I am HIV And I'm down at the Blue Jesus Blue Cross Hospital Just looking up from my pillow feeling blessed and the mighty multinationals have monopolized the oxygen so it's as easy as breathing for us all to participate Yes, they're buying and selling off shares of air And you know it's all around you But it's hard to point and say there So you just sit on your hands and quietly contemplate Your next bold move 
Enjoy listening to Annie DeFranco as much as I do. That was her song, Your Next Bold Move. Jean Rose selected it as the first song for her Song of the Soul. Jean's website is jeanrowe.com. Rowe is R-O-H-E. Any question about spelling, come via nordenspiritradio.org. But Your Next Bold Move. And, you know, when a song starts out with phrase like, you know, during the plague of Reagan and Bush watching capitalism gun down democracy, that is not a weak-kneed statement, and Ani is not known for being weak-kneed. And when you talk about how much she's impressed you, how much she's affected your life, are you saying that you aspire to that same kind of forthrightness, poetry, and boldness? Sure. I mean, as I think we all <laughs> we all should in our own ways, of course. I guess I don't have a lot of patience for songwriters who just want to make things nice for people to listen to. I, as a listener, really enjoy being challenged in some way to, I don't know, maybe take something on and feel changed when I leave a concert. And Ani does that for me. So she's one of your musical influences very early on for you. So at what age would you have started listening to her music? 
I think I was 14 or something like that when I got my first Ani DeFranco record. It was this funny time where it's like hard to think back on an era when you would go to the record store and there'd be lots of records there that you couldn't hear unless your friend had it and you already knew what it sounded like. But you'd just kind of go and pick things up, you know, like look how much money you had in your pocket and see what you could afford and maybe ask the people at the record store for a recommendation. <laughs> but I think that's how I had, I had heard a friend's older sibling talking about Anita Franco, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go check her out. I just bought her record, Sight Unseen, Sound Unheard, and became a, an important part of my life. Well, let's keep going with some more of your music. I get the feeling that because we're doing this a little bit differently than most people have, and again, folks, a few months down the road, we'll have Jean Rowe back, and we'll be hearing a lot more of her music. We'll just hear one of her songs today, the one that introduced me to her because it's in the Rise Up singing sequel book called Rise Again. Peter and Annie told me, you got to talk to this woman, Jean. She's just so incredible. And you know, having listened to more of your music since then, <laughs> I know they were right. So I feel a little bit embarrassed about not including more of your music right now, but I think we're going to learn a lot about you. And when we have you back in a few months, we'll get to hear your fine, beautiful voice and all the musical creations that you add to the world in much more detail. So what's next now for your Song of the Soul? So next, we take a sharp right turn <laughs> in a different direction. I wanted to share something that in some way referenced the time that I spent in Cuba over a number of years, starting, I think the first time I went there was in 2002, after my first year of college. I got some money from my school to study abroad in Havana, and after that very important trip in my life, I went back every couple years, anytime I could scrape together enough money to get a plane ticket. And some of the most important relationships in my life come from that time and place. And this song that I'm going to share was a big hit, I think, during my second trip down. You know, Cuba is known for it's incredible music and just since the dawn of recording technology and before, but the things that we have documented in that way, I mean, you know, all different styles of music and really beautiful stuff. This, this song is a pop song that was, yeah, a radio hit like in the early 2000s by Manolito Simone y su trabuco called Locos por mi Habana. And I just had a lot of fond memories in this trip of just like hanging out with my friends and their families down there. And I just like fell in love with this song. The reason I included it in the song of my soul is just that I found a lot of kinship with folks in Cuba and the friends that I met there because their relationship to music was similar to mine in that people sang together around the house. People would break into song on the bus. I know this sounds like really silly and ridiculous, but just that, that I guess, this sense that music was an experience that people could make for themselves. So this song doesn't necessarily exemplify that aspect of it, but if you can just picture, like, people hanging out in a tiny kitchen, getting down to Locos por mi Habana, you get the picture of maybe what I'm trying to say here. In English, I think we'd say crazy about my Havana, and it's by Manuelito Simone, and it's for Jean Rose, Song of the Soul. Bien. 
baila hasta que se amanece Donde se juega un buen domino Cerro Un buen motivo para la caldosa Un doctor no la pelota Y de repente me dio un hombro Mira Por eso me gusta la nana Porque en la Habana hay una Y de loco como yo Locos a mi música Locos a mi salsa Locos a mi Cuba Si suele ser un taxi y luego usted para donde quiera Y si prefiera la antología, un artefacto del año 40 Una boca y se formó la fiesta, con una lata se formó la orquesta Sin vanidades ni protocolos, somos sencillos y un poquito locos Mira, por eso me gusta la gana, porque en la Habana hay una
Jean Rowe is my guest today for Song of the Soul. She's gifting us with a lot of music that's not her own as part of this initial Song of the Soul. We'll have a full-term Song of the Soul with her music in just a few months down the road. But that one was by Manuelito Simone y su Trabuco, and it was called Locos por mi Habana. Habana is Havana, and when I was in Cuba in 2010, we were on the eastern side. We flew in through Olguin. So I didn't get over towards Havana at all. Have you been to the eastern side, or is, is your experience all in the west? And was it all as an illegal traveler from the United States? You went in 2002, and things had not opened up. I assume you had to go a little bit surreptitiously. No, I was a student. I went a student at the university. There was an exchange program through Willamette University, out I think in Washington State, someplace on the West Coast. Anyway, I never went to that school. I was in school on the East Coast, but it was an exchange program that I could do down there. So the first time was a totally sanctioned trip, but it was fine. So that was one of the influences for your Song of the Soul, and we're going to go into more of Jean Rowe's influences that are culminating in a song that she wrote in a few months, we'll be listening to more of her music. But I wanted to remind you, you are listening to Song of the Soul, which is Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, that means you find us at northernspiritradio.org, where you'll find 11 and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find connections to our guests. So if you can't spell Roe, which is R-O-H-E, you follow the link from northernspiritradio.org. There's a place to post comments. We really, really, really want two-way communication. So please contact us. Let us know what you're thinking and make our communication two-way. There's also a donate button. This is full-time work, but it's neither corporations nor government that's supporting us. It's your support that keeps these programs coming. So please click donate when you come. Even more important, though, I'd say... Remember to support your local community radio stations. Radio stations which are independent and based in the community bring a portion of the voice, news and music, arts, all of that. They bring a slice that you just don't hear anywhere else. So please remember to start by supporting your local community radio station. So after listening to Locos por mi Habana by Manuelito Simone, we're going to go on to some other music. But I have one last observation, Gene, about that song. At one part, Ricardo, levanta, levanta, arise, arise. I think that's how you would say that best in Spanish, unless I'm wrong. Were they an inspiration for the last song that we're going to hear? <laughs> that is a funny observation, and I have to say honestly that that is not in any way that I'm consciously aware of, but <laughs> that's funny. So it probably was working around in your soul somewhere. That's why this is your song of the soul. Share some more music, though. Well, now we're going to go to Brazil. I chose a song from one of my favorite, gosh, there's so many great Brazilian composers and musicians out there. But this is a guy and a style of music that he comes from that mean a lot to me. While I was in school studying music at the new school, I got into Brazilian music. I, it sort of started through Bossa Nova, which, you know, a lot of us are familiar with. Um, you know, Stan Getz and that kind of like the American jazz crossover with Antonio Carlos Jobim and those guys in the 60s. But anyway, I started learning Portuguese through Brazilian songs that I liked, and that sort of opened the door to all these other different styles of music from Brazil. And also people, Brazilian people living in New York City, 
there was a time when a lot of friends of mine were Brazilian folks and musicians who I had met. And then a time years after that when many of them had gone back to Brazil. And so I planned a trip down to visit. And yeah, I had been singing some Brazilian music for a while. This song that you're going to hear comes from a guy named Jackson do Pandeiro, who is from the Pernambuco state of Brazil in the northeast. And this is a dance music style called forró that's super fun and pretty easy to do, partner dance. You, like, roll up at some fish restaurant late in the evening some night, and you see some couples dancing real close, and there's somebody playing the sanfona, which is like an accordion, and somebody playing triangle, and the uh, zabumba drum, and there's a special guitar, and and this guy, his, his name is Jackson do Pandero. Pandero is a kind of small drum with jingles on it, hand drum. Kind of looks like a tambourine. This music is super, super fun, party music, kind of country, Brazilian country music, I guess you could say. So this song is called Chuchu Beleza by Jackson do Pandero. Chuchu beleza, como tem mulher neste arrasta pé da chuchu beleza. Da chuchu beleza, da chuchu beleza, como tem mulher neste arrasta pé da chuchu beleza. Olha que eu não sou vaidoso e vai ser vergonhoso, um forró tão gostoso eu fica longe dessa. Tem mulher a peça na camação, não é grilação, mas o papai tá nessa, tá, tá, da chuchu beleza. Só no chiadinho da chinela. 
song is Shushu Balezo, Jackson Gupandero. I don't, mind you, I don't speak Brazilian at all. I don't speak Portuguese. So my pronunciation is likely to be not so good. But you, You're forgiven for that. I, I don't know that you have a lot of reason to speak Portuguese. <laughs> well, I do love language. And so I've been gifted by being around some people, you know, I even though I don't speak much Spanish, which I think you're pretty functional in, uh, better than functional. I saw the comment somewhere that you maybe know enough Portuguese to go there and talk about all the affairs of the heart, but practical things are beyond your ken because that's not what's in music. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I did realize when I arrived in Brazil, you know, I had been singing in Portuguese for a while, speaking Portuguese with people, but mostly talking about songs or and I got there and realized, like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure what the word for chair is. Like, all the <laughs> things you would learn in a class, like a language class, you know, some sort of basic nouns. So, And still, there are funny gaps in my Portuguese knowledge that I fill with bastardized Spanish and hope for the best <laughs> in a pinch. So, Shushu Paleza was that song. And again, this is for Jean Rose, Song of the Soul. We're going to hear a lot more of her music next time when she's on, just a few months down the road. So that's one more song that's a strong influence on Jean's background. Jean Rowe, just such great music. I just really am just trying to whet your appetite today for who she is and what she's going to bring to us down the road. We're going to keep moving, though, so we can get some more music. So right now, we've we've been in English with Annie DeFranco, and then we went to Spanish from Cuba, and Cuban Spanish is a bit different than other Spanish. If folks haven't been there, it's, the pronunciation takes a little wrapping your mind around it. And then we went to Brazil, so we're speaking Portuguese, Portuguese. Where are we going next? I, I'm pretty sure it's probably Mars or Venus. Well, I guess I was trying to take you on a tour of just places that have been important to me musically, but also these musical contexts that are important. So Brazil, like I was saying, has another tradition of very public music making and a population that young and old people like know, like all the classic music and the like latest hits, word for word. <laughs> of course, obviously not everybody, but it was a very impressive aspect of music life in Brazil and among Brazilians in New York where I live. The next place we're going is the Republic of Georgia. I traveled there twice in 2010 and 2011 with my partner, my lover at the time, and old dear friend since I was a teenager, who is Georgian. He's also a musician. His name is Ilusha Tsinadze. He and I were going there to visit his family and also to perform at a couple little festivals there in Georgia. He's got a beautiful Georgian music project himself that you should check out if you get a chance. Anyway, he and I went and visited his relatives in the cities and, and a lot of very rural places, too, all over that beautiful country. There are lots of big mountains, very big mountains, and also lots of flat plains. It's a very fertile agricultural area, some of the regions of Georgia. So especially in the summertime, there's lots of delicious fresh produce and bread and cheese and yogurts and delicious food. <laughs> so the food and dinner time is this amazing gathering space for people, family and guests. You know, Georgia is located between... I guess it's kind of on a trade, a traditional trading route from the eastern part of the Eurasian continent to the west and back. 
So there's a real deep tradition there of welcoming guests and a very formal tradition about how to do that at dinner time. Now, certainly every dinner isn't this big formal thing, but because we were guests pretty much everywhere we were going, we were often treated to the special dinner called a supra, where there's a lot of toasting that happens. Georgia is known for its wine, and people go around the table and drink a toast, and there's a toastmaster, the tamada, who starts the toast. It's a, there's a real kind of like order to how that happens the toasting tradition and the food and lots of eating and lots of drinking. And let's see, in some households where music is a big part of life, and actually even in households where there aren't like great singers, there's a beautiful singing tradition in Georgia, traditions that vary widely from region to region. Anyway, sometimes the supra will include some music and singing around the table. So what you're about to hear is a song called Hara Lo. Hara means like a bull working in the field. So the singer in this traditional song is singing to his bull out in the field. That's what you could imagine. <laughs> in reality, this recording was made in Spilisi, capital of Georgia, at the home of Georgi Tsertsvadze, he had us over for dinner with a bunch of his friends and his wife and sister and brother, and he sang this song for us. So you'll hear his friends around the table singing these long droning notes, and his voice is just floating in the most gorgeous way on top of that. And this, just this night stands out in my mind among the many beautiful musical evenings that we spent there just another another way that social music making by people has connected me with folks where I've traveled even when we can't actually speak to each other easily. This is Haralo sung by Giosefate and some friends.
you didn't follow all those words, folks. The song is Haralo, and the name, I'm going to perhaps butcher it a little bit since I don't speak Georgian. Tsetsvatse, I don't know, Tsetsvatse, let's try that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Georgi is his first name, Gio, I guess would be the name you'd normally call him. It's a field recording. It's something that Jean Rowe captured when she was visiting the Republic of Georgia, and part of her song of the soul, part of the course of her life. Clearly, it seems to me that, Jean, you have an international soul. And I think that's a little bit easier to do when you live in New York City, in Brooklyn specifically, as you do, rather than when you live out in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where I live. Or I've only spent probably two, three days in Brooklyn. But do I name it? Isn't there an international influence on every corner? Sure, yeah. I mean, I'll also say, though, that it, as in many big cities, it's very easy to stay in your own orbit of comfort without actually getting to know what's going on with your neighbors or there are little enclaves of culture that are sealed off in some ways. We all see each other on the subway. <laughs> but I think it's all here to be experienced. It's just a question of making the choice to put yourself out there and connect. So maybe it's within arm's reach if you care to reach out your arm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So now, folks, we've been around. We started with Ani DeFranco, you know, so we're in the U.S., but we've been to Cuba and we've been to Brazil. And now we've been over to the Republic of Georgia. And I think we've got time for one last song. And this one is by Jean herself. So we're working up to this kind of crescendo. And this <laughs> is quite a crescendo, Jean. Tell us about the last song. So this last song is a song of mine called National Anthem, Arise, Arise. 
I wrote it after listening to a radio show called Studio 360 out here in New York. The host asked listeners to rewrite the national anthem of the United States. It was around the 4th of July, I think. The challenge to listeners had to do with the host thinking that our national anthem is really rangy and long and has a lot of words and it's very high, very low. My problem, of course, with the national anthem is about the War of 1812, which is not what I think of as the most important aspect of Americanness. Some of the subsequent verses in the poem have to do with slavery and not in a critical way. And I thought, wow, it would be really fun to take this challenge on and try to write a new national anthem. It was also at a time when I was starting to think more about my American identity. And after having done a fair bit of traveling and spending a lot of time even in New York City in cultures that were not my home culture, what is it about being an American that I'm scared of embracing? What does it take for me to feel some sense of connection with my identity as a person who was born in this country to people who were born in this country? So I wrote this aspirational national anthem for the United States. I think what I arrived at was that there are points of pride and a great deal of shame in our history as a country, but one of the coolest things about being an American is... A sense of possibility for the future that the past has been what it has been, and there's the possibility of transformation in the future. So I tried to highlight that part of Americanness in this song. And it's been surprising the response that this song got, because I, I really just wrote it for fun, and then we recorded it and made a video of the live recording with a brass ensemble and choir of my neighbors and friends. And since that time, it's been performed by high school choirs, community choirs, the Brooklyn Women's Chorus and Seattle Labor Chorus have done it and recorded it. Some other artists like David Wilcox and Bev Grant are performing it and touring it. Last year, I sang it with inmates at Sing Sing Correctional Facility here outside of New York City. It's had a life in this world in a way that I couldn't have predicted when I wrote it. So this is National Anthem, Arise, Arise, by me, Jean Rowe. So we're going to finish Jean Rowe's Song of the Soul for today. And again, this is preliminary because mostly we've traveled across the world at her side, which is a big part of what forms the soul, who we've met, where we've felt engaged in the world. And so she shared that. And just a few months down the road, Jean Rowe is going to join us sharing all songs of her soul that she's written and performed so that's a few months down the road. Right now we're going to end with a song of hers. But first I want to say, Jean, wow, what a journey you've given us and what a glimpse into your soul. Many people just fall in love with their own culture, but to love the culture of the world, I sense, means that you have a really, really large heart. So I thank, <laughs> I thank you so much for bringing and sharing this glimpse into the wider world as it reflects through your heart and for joining us today for Song of the Soul. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. So we end with Jean Rowe. Her website is Jean Rowe, J-E-A-N, Rowe, R-O-H-E dot com. Questions come via NortonSpiritRadio.org. We're going to end with her song, National Anthem, Arise, Arise. And this is a song I'm sure you're going to want to carry with you. You can look out on the web or via my site. You'll find a link to the video, which is a production all in itself. 
beautiful song, Jean, and it's just so great having you. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Here is Arise, Arise. It's the national anthem we should have. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.
tale tyrants bow to the people's dream and justice flows like a mighty stream Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song